everyone and welcome to Screams After Midnight. I am Peter and joining me as always is Tim. Hey, uh, glad to be here all the way from level 75. <laughs> yes, uh, Tim's internet's been acting up, so to make sure it's as stable as possible, uh, no video from Tim on the video version of the show uh, this episode, which, which is been a thing for like a, a couple of weeks now so that's maybe a little stretch of episodes here with the, no video on tim uh but you do get that wonderful <laughs> picture of him and some kangaroos so uh yeah uh, so we talk about horror movies on this show it's a horror movie podcast and on this episode we are looking at a recent release from netflix a foreign film called the platform which uh is an interesting concept it's kind of this is actually one of these ones where when when I saw the trailer and it was kind of clear that we were going to do it in some fashion, I kind of went back and forth. I was like, should this be a streams episode? Should this be an ace episode? And honestly, having watched that, I'm still not entirely sure which one it belongs on more. <laughs> I, I feel like the 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 social commentary aspect of it feels very science fictiony, and the settings are a little science fictiony, but it does have a very horror esque feeling to it and tone. And yeah. certainly has some horror visuals and moments, and is definitely not a cheery watch. So, I, I, I don't know. I, don't, <laughs> I, I honestly don't know. But we're here. Uh, me and Tim watched it, so uh, we're going to we're going to talk about. It. So this is a Spanish film, and of course the premise of this will start spoiler free. We'll give you a warning before we get spoilers. The basic premise is that it is a prison of sorts where each level, right? There's a series of levels. And each level has two prisoners who are essentially cellmates. And the room is a square. Uh, their beds are on either side of the square. And in the middle of the square, there's a hole. Because a platform, the titular platform, you might say, descends through each level. The idea being that it starts at the top level, level number one, and then goes down. And the level, what's on the level? The level has the food for all of the prisoners. And the idea being that they each get a certain amount of time with it. And... As it goes down level to level, there's less and less food left. So there's a lot of social commentary here. Uh, people, I think my first thought when I heard the, the premise, I mean, the trailer didn't look like it in terms of tone or by any means, but I definitely couldn't help but think of Snowpiercer a little bit uh, sure. in terms of the class system and that kind of thing. Even though technically everyone is a is, you know is a prisoner of sorts, so it's not like it's the rich people at the top in mm -hmm. this case, but definitely I, I got vibes of, of that kind of idea in here. Uh, but that that is the the general gist of the film. Uh, so as I always do, I will ask, start off the discussion by asking Tim, in the broadest strokes possible, how did you feel about the platform? Uh, I I enjoyed it. I thought uh, you know, it, it's a very interesting premise. It, yeah, it, it does feel kind of like a like a like a very dystopian sci-fi premise with yeah a lot of allegories to. Uh, you know what's going on today. Um, I, I, you know, the the movie, you know, it's about like ninety minutes, and you know, it kept my attention the whole way through. But I do feel like, yeah, there's a few things here and there that, you know, kind of lost me, uh, or, you know, that I might still have questions about. But I mean, overall, I still had an enjoyable experience with it. Yeah, I quite liked it. I, I think uh, it's one of these high concept movies where. Like sometimes it can fall flat, but I think this one did a pretty good job of being true to what its premise was, but also constantly sort of adding more to it and shaking it up as the movie went on. And yeah. ju just when like one sort of scenario was starting to feel like it might be a bit played out, it would completely change things up. In fact, the movie really neatly fits into three parts because of uh, how it does shake things up each time. Mm -hmm. Each time it does, it sort of brings new ideas to the table, uh, which make it very interesting. It's also hard not to even think a little bit about something like Cube. Um, there's, yeah. a, there's a couple of scenes elsewhere in the movie, but not a lot. The vast, vast majority of it takes place only in these cells in this vertical block of, of rooms. And it, it does have that kind of Cube feeling where you never see anything else, so it feels very surreal. Does the real world even exist outside of this place? Like, I, you know, you don't right, really yeah. get that feeling. I mean, you do see something a little bit, but not by much. Uh, and as far as like you know deducing like where it belongs genre wise it's definitely both horror and sci-fi uh, it doesn't actually imply that it's the future and 
there's only one element of it that really feels like it actually is kind of like futuristic and that's the fact that the the platform itself has nothing sort of like moving it up or down it just kind of seems to move on its own (laughs) so i guess guess that's the only technological side of it that's science fictiony but uh the concept and the the feeling of it is is definitely kind of you know verging on that territory Uh, and But you do have the horrific side of it. You have a lot of disgusting eating. You have a lot of disgusting <laughs> other things. <laughs> we'll get to it. Uh, we'll get to it in the spoilers. But, uh, you know, I think there's a pretty good job of you. Because the trailer made me think that we we're going to be like jumping around the cells a lot more. Uh, yeah. And in actual fact, it doesn't really do that. It, it, it kind of sticks with a main character, uh, uh, Gorang, if I'm saying that remotely correctly. But he. He's our main character. He's in here voluntarily, bizarrely enough. He he's volunteered to come in here for six months because he'll get a a diploma out of it. They'll they'll give mm-hmm. him a, a college diploma, and he's here for six months. And uh, w- one of the key details about the movie is that they they, they, they do move cell uh, every month. They move to a new cell. Uh, they they keep the same roommate, but they move to a new cell, and they get to experience you know different levels of the of the system. And mm-hmm. you know, so uh, the the movie kind of sh- also shakes things up that way because it either gets much better or much worse depending on where they're going. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, I think that's one of the most interesting uh, parts of it because if you know, like, um, like the very obvious you know allegory to it is like um, you know, kind of like a critique on capitalism where you have you know people up at the top um, that are taking more than their fair share and. You know, not leaving enough for like you know for the people below them, um, but I think what kind of you know, like you're saying what sets it apart from something like Snowpiercer where you, you very much have you know these very uh, obvious like oh these are the bad guys these rich people uh, in this though it, yeah like it's constantly I, I think it's like every month they change rooms so it's um, kind of an interesting concept where it's like yeah the people. Uh, you know, up top uh, are assholes, but they could be at the bottom, you know, next month or yeah. in the middle or, you know, and, you know, you can easily become the bad guy, you know, when you're, you know, like uh, this idealist, you know, in the middle, like, hey, why can't everyone take their fair share? And then once you are at the top, you know, you can become this like, well, hey, screw that. I'm up at the top now. Who knows how long I'll be here? Uh, so it's a yeah, really interesting concept. Yeah, the, uh, the the moving around definitely changes things up a little bit because it it kind of takes it takes the, the the message and adds a layer of depth to it, that, which kind of says that anyone can be corrupted by the power or the uh, you know the if, if you end up on top that you you can equally become the monster. So yeah. that, that is definitely one of the most fascinating things the movie does, and uh, the acceptance of like because actually one of the earliest moments is. Um, like you know, I think he suggests like the 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 cellmate, uh, uh, uh Gat Gassy, who's like this older man who kind of explains some of the rules to him and how this works. Mm-hmm. He he actually accuses him of being a communist early in the film because he suggests like you know why not just you know make sure there's enough food for people down below you know and sort of be civilly kind of spread it throughout. There's enough here for everyone. And yeah. he says, "What are you a communist? That won't fly up top." <laughs> Um, and that line really stuck out to me as being like, well, that's a bit of a weird line. But, you know, in a movie made, you know, released in 2020, like, it's not, you know, capitalism versus communism isn't exactly a hot topic right. uh, that it was once upon a time during the Cold War. It's, it's not, mm-hmm. we're not really in that debate in and of itself anymore. But I, I think the point of that is to kind of, like, almost point out this weird, like, almost demonization of, like, anything that's not capitalist, you know, in a capitalist society where everyone's like, what? You, like, why would we do anything differently? We're out for ourselves. Like, you know, uh, you know, I got mine, so what do I care about those down below? Um, <laughs> and, you know, Trimagassi, it's a really weird name. He, like, you know, he is openly hostile to the people down below. They don't really talk to people up above and below them, but they can speak to them if they have if they want to, because there's an open hole mm-hmm. in the middle of the rooms that they can sort of uh, talk yeah. up and down to. And, uh, like, you know, he's hostile to the ones below. Uh, and then, like, he he just kind of accepts that the people above are probably going to be equally crappy to him. He's like, no, they're above mm-hmm. and they're below <laughs> and you're where we are and that's just the way it is and we have to accept that. Um, yeah. So, 
I mean, the, the movie's not subtle with its, no. its social commentary by any means, but I don't think it hurts it in this case because it's not a... When you have a premise this kind of high concept, as it, as it is, like, mm-hmm. I think pulling any punches with, with what it's trying to say would just feel really, like, tone-deaf to what the movie is. <laughs> you know, yeah. the, the movie is clearly saying something about a very specific thing. Um, and... There is some there is some nuance to it. There's some nuance uh, moments, especially the ending is a little bit more open to interpretation, I think. But yeah. like the, the the core ideas of what it's playing with is definitely in your face, and uh, I, I think for me the movie works quite well because uh, even if you're like not wanting to think about that stuff too much, it still works really well as kind of a like it sets up its rules. Here's the rules, and like characters ultimately try and make a, a statement by the end and. Uh, you kind of want them to succeed because you want to prove that humans can be better, that humans can be better than, you know, like what the what we're assumed of. Um, yeah. So that that kind of becomes like ends up becoming the whole point of the movie is yeah, like them trying to deliver this message that like no, we are, um, yeah, like better than this. That, yeah. For, yeah. For as bleak and as horrible as the movie kind of is in terms of like everything it's doing and the sort of like soul destroying. The, the the location and concept is there is kind of an ultimate kind of hopeful like just a whole uh, uh, like, there's, <laughs> there's hope right there's hope for tomorrow that maybe maybe we can get better and uh yeah. you know so as, as as bizarre as it sounds i do think there's a, a kind of optimistic twist to this movie <laughs> by the time oh, you totally. get to the end yeah. which you know maybe it wasn't isn't apparent early on in the film uh yeah but and I think it needed. I, I think if this this one didn't have that optimistic touch by the time it ended, you'd, it'd probably be a bit too just miserable, and it'd start to feel a little bit like this is kind of like torture porn, but with <laughs> hunger instead. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, that's true. So no, I no, I like it. I actually, I uh, I would say I like it quite a bit. Uh, I, I don't think it's perfect, and I don't think it it, it sticks out to me as like an all timer, but. I, I can see myself watching this again, and I, I think it is tightly paced, and it does keep shaking yeah. its premise up and adding more layers to it, no pun intended, uh, <laughs> as it goes on. And, uh, yeah. So, there's a bunch of other characters. Uh, so, is there anything else I want to talk about? Uh, you know, before we go into spoilers, I mean. Um, mm. I think cast are pretty good, I would say. Yeah. Uh, I think they do a good job of, like, whenever we do get a new roommate for them, like, it, it always completely shakes things up in terms of like okay it's a completely different dynamic mm-hmm. different type of person but they're all kind of memorable in their own way for different reasons they all have their own sure. kind of thing uh so i think that's really good um i will yeah. say one of the challenges of a movie like this is you've got this essentially the exact same room to look yeah. at the <laughs> whole movie and i think the direction does a good job of never feeling like it's it's uh stagnant it, it always feels like, engaging to look at despite the fact that we have you know four gray walls <laughs> like yeah you know, <laughs> I, I, it's funny because I, I i we just did the news episode a minute ago and i uh i was talking about killer kate and one of the things i didn't say in that the news episode about that uh and this kind of dates when we recorded this but that movie is like so dull to look at despite the fact that they have you know they have daylight they have houses they have outdoor locations they have you know a variety of places and somehow it feels so just like this looks like a made-for-TV soap opera kind of style mm-hmm. of shooting, and I think this movie, in theory, should look miserable, and it, it doesn't in some ways, but like intentionally so. It should, you know, when you hear, oh, it's just a grey room with four walls, and they're just there the whole movie. Like that sounds like it should be, like, just extremely bland to look at i never really felt that it always felt like it was using the especially the height you know obviously it's a visual effect because there's no you know but places as tall to <laughs> shoot this but you know whenever they yeah. look down the hole or look up it always has that sense of scale um despite the fact of how intimate each sort of block is on its own and I, I, so I, oh, i'm sorry i guess what i'm trying to say here is that the, the direction <laughs> was good and the 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 design of the place well it feels really simple it does a really good job of like really given the atmosphere of the scale of it and also kind of the 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 sense of isolation of it as well oh totally yeah yeah there's probably more elegant ways to say everything i just said but <laughs> you got the gist of it. yeah no I, I get what you mean like yeah i think that is um 
you know something that's uh might be like a worry of this film is like uh yeah are you gonna get bored uh spending so much time here but um again i think they do a really good job of you know keeping things interesting and, and keeping everything going um like i yeah really don't think i ever felt you know bored at any you know particular moment in the movie and i think kind of like what you were saying like you know, it feels like maybe if there ever is an instance where, you know, they're kind of starting to shuffle their feet or something, uh, again, something comes up to, um, you know, change it up in one way or another. That was pretty interesting. Yeah. I guess building on its premise, you know, so, so many times we'll, we'll watch a movie, especially some of some of the directive UD movies that seem to be really guilty of it, where yeah. they'll have a premise and then it'll feel like they don't really capitalize on the premise they'll just sort of they'll, they'll, mm-hmm. they'll kind of vaguely set it up they'll do maybe one interesting thing at the end but for the most part it feels like they're kind of spinning their wheels because they only had one idea and this movie it feels like every t- single you know 20 30 minutes is adding an extra idea on top of what the foundation they've already laid is so it keeps kind of getting deeper and uh, more interesting and by the ending like we have like sort of moral sort of stances to take with it we have different characters and what they've represented throughout the film like like it keeps yeah. changing things up despite the fact that it doesn't sound like a movie that could change things up it does it in really simple ways and mm-hmm. that, that's good writing i think it's good writing that you know the, the the you know when they were writing the script for this they knew that oh the characters have to be what's interesting the characters have to be engaging the characters have to really kind of take each idea and present it in a way where they're the, the, the sole conduits for making the movie interesting because everything mm-hmm. else is going to stay the same. So we have to do it that way. Uh, and that, 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 yeah. I mean, when I talk about bottle movies and why I love good bottle movies, because good bottle movies, they rely so hard on the writing being good and it forces mm-hmm. some, you know, writers and filmmakers to, to really like, just like all, almost do like a, a triumphant like dance with words because it's all they have to rely on so it becomes almost like a <laughs> i don't know the the like master kung fu version of movie dialogue <laughs> where it has yeah. to be pinpoint it has to tell the story and yeah. it has to be all these things and again not that there's no visuals not that there's no other things but it restricts a lot of that by sending it in one location so it, it forces creativity in a way that i really appreciate and obviously you get a lot of cheap movies who think they can do that and then don't and it's really yeah. soul crushing having to sit through it but you know and and i'm sorry too did, did you mention that you know each person is allowed to bring one thing in with them oh i haven't mentioned that yet you know i haven't mentioned yeah. that uh yeah which uh and it's another cool like little wrinkle to kind of keep things interesting like especially when you start to explore more people and then um yeah it's kind of like you know a good way to you know sometimes you get something that's kind of funny and then sometimes you get something that can be kind of dangerous and uh, again just like a nice little I, I like that it's not like too complicated but it, you know, it just adds like a little something extra to, you know, keep things yeah. a little interesting. Yeah, it's a good little character thing. Because you, know, you know, pardon me, it's because you get to like learn a little bit about each character based on what they have with them, what they what they chose to bring in. But it also it has that effect of it. it reminded me a little bit of something like Battle Royale. You know how in Battle Royale they all get like oh, sure. one <laughs> weapon, and I'm like, obviously yeah. they don't pick that in that movie. But the idea they each have one thing. Yeah, <laughs> and, um, and it's interesting because uh, uh, Goring uh, brings a book in with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Don, I, 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 Don, Don Quixote. Quixote, thank you. I had no idea how to pronounce that the, the last name. <laughs> so yeah, Don Quixote. Uh, so he brings that in with him, um, and of course, <laughs> his first uh, cellmate uh, brings in a a, a giant knife. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Samurai Plus, uh, which is a whole backstory <laughs> behind it, which I'll get into in spoilers. But uh, so yeah, that's, again, that's another facet that kind of tells you about you know, and it it, it sets up this like sort of engaging ongoing idea that there's a character who they introduce relatively early on who actually rides the platform up and down uh and mm-hmm. ser- because she's searching for someone and she's kind of mysterious and it's kind of this weird thing and uh, that itself introduces a whole lot of elements uh into the film and that you know she ends up becoming a really fascinating character and what she kind of does for the main character and how she progresses a lot of ideas uh mm-hmm. Really, really good. So, uh, I think we'll get a spoiler warning uh, and we can dive into it a little bit more. So, I will take this time to thank our Patreon producers for the month of Alison Fordyce, Cindy Palisades, Tyler Hess, and David Shaw. 
Uh, you can be a patron producer, of course, at uh, $20 tier above on patreon.com slash TV. But you don't have to be a patron at that tier, of course you don't. You can support everything we do for as little as $1 per month, and for that $1, you'll get a bonus exclusive episode every month that streams after midnight. And there's a back catalogue now of about 16 episodes, I want to say, uh, that you can go and get access to. <laughs> Uh, you'll get bonus episodes of other shows as well. At the $5 tier, you also get uh, voting rates once per month. And, of course, you get uh, all the uh, episodes, of the movie review episodes a day early. So, uh, well worth having a look and see if you're interested in keeping all the content coming. Uh, but we do appreciate everyone who does. Uh, but anyway, so, full spoilers then for the platform. So, hmm. uh, the movie opens, actually, with, like, what looks like a rest- like a kitchen and, like, an expensive restaurant with, like, a... Like a really sort of posh looking like manager mm-hmm. like monitoring the, the kitchen staff as they prepare food. Mm-hmm. Thoughts? <laughs> Did you think that was interesting? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> um uh, not really. <laughs> I mean it, I think it's hard to kinda find it that interesting without context for the you know rest of the movie. Well, I, I guess because I'd seen the trailer, like I knew what the premise mm-hmm. of the movie was. So for, for me it was kinda like Okay, this is a nice little irony here. They're 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 treating this like fine dining, and I mean sure. even the, the food on the platform. You know, when you see it at the earlier levels, when we get a chance mm-hmm. to, it is set up like a, a fancy, you know, rich table of food. Like you know, everything's and really it, nicely displayed. It's very mm-hmm. you know, like lots of fruit, lots of desserts, and things like that. It's and and it's all from like uh, you know when people go into this place they uh, get to like kind of pick like one dish or you know they say what like their favorite mm. dishes, um, so yeah like it's kind of interesting like yeah uh, if a lot of people say like oh yeah yeah I want I like this fancy thing or whatever and then yeah you know, <laughs> at the end at the end of the day you know it kind of all becomes this like giant mess like you know people are eating this kind of like very fancy you know, nice looking cuisine, but you know, they're just grabbing it with their hands and for just kind of throwing as much as they can in their mouth. Yeah. They're just grabbing what they can. Again, that, that capitalist kind of like, uh, yeah. you know, symbolism there. Mm-hmm. Cause the first time you see, cause it, cause it starts off, the, the movie starts off with, uh, with, uh, going on. It's like, I can't remember the exact number, but it was like, it was like the forties. There was something in the forties. It's like four. Yeah. Like, well, was it 48 or something like that? Something like that 47 yeah. maybe. Uh, and by the time the platform gets to them, like, you know, like, when the older guy starts, like, eating this stuff, like, it's stuff that's already been, you know, picked at. He's eating, like, chicken mm-hmm. drumsticks that have already been bitten into, and it's like, oh, this is kind of disgusting. Like, <laughs> yeah. No, like, that's tough. The, uh, the one thing I'm, I'm kind of, like, a little confused about is, like, did he know exactly what this place was going in? Because, like, when he wakes up, he seems very surprised by everything, and Feels like he needs everything explained to him by uh, his cellmate. Yeah, it doesn't sound like he knew exactly what was going on. I mean, even the person who worked for recruiting people to go here mm-hmm. didn't seem to know the extent of what was going. Like she, she knew kind of more than he did, certainly. Uh, but it doesn't seem like he he doesn't know about the platform. He doesn't know about how they're they're fed or how like they change rooms or anything like that. The the only thing he kind of knew is he was going to some place called the Hole. Uh, mm-hmm. I guess it was built to have as a social experiment. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I, I guess maybe once we get to the end, we can kind of try to piece together maybe some ideas or, or whatever, because I, I think that's the... Um, uh, and I don't necessarily want to say like a negative, but I guess maybe like the biggest question on my mind is kind of a, a lot of what this thing is and, and why are they doing it and everything. But... Um, the movie is fun enough, though, that it doesn't really take away from the enjoyment. I think it's something where it is kind of fun to have a takeaway to think about, you know? It's one of these ones, much like Cube, it's, it's kind of, for me, like, it's okay if there isn't, like, an outside world. It's okay if it kind of exists. Yeah. As, like, it almost feels like it could be, like, a, a feature-length episode of The Twilight Zone. Oh, like, sure. I, yeah. I could definitely see it being kind of like that, where it doesn't have to be explained in the context of, of the world. It just has to exist on its mm-hmm. own for its own story. Um, yeah. But yeah, so this first chunk of the movie is with the old guy, uh, uh, Trimagassi, who, like, he has this sort of thing. He who he, he always says obviously. Like, whenever <laughs> like someone like whenever uh, I say someone, whenever Gorin asks him a question, and he sort of gives him part of an answer, and then he like finishes it. He says obviously, like it's kind of his thing. Yeah. Uh, but he's you know he's like oh you have to eat, and the, the first couple of days like Gorin doesn't eat. He doesn't want to eat off this table because it's disgusting. Like, you know, people have been yeah. eating at it. This is, you know, 40-something floors of, like, leftovers. 
uh, by the time it gets to them, and the old guys are like, that's not a bad floor to be at, you know, it could be much worse, you know, I've been lower. Yeah. Um, and he mentions how he was down at, like, floor 130 or something like that before, the old guy, at one point. Uh, mm-hmm. And a lot of the rules of the movie are explained. He explains the... the, the uh, because one of the things that Goring kind of figures out based on what he says is that, oh, wait, we're going to stay together, right? We don't get new roommates every month. We stay in pairs. Mm-hmm. And yet, you got a new roommate, so what happened to the old one? Like, because uh, one of the yeah. things that he's worried about is that you survived on floor, like, 130, when there's presumably nothing left on the table by the time he gets there, like, like he starts to suspect that he killed his roommate and, and ate him uh, <laughs> to survive. And cannibalism is certainly something we're going to be bringing up. Uh, oh sure. During the course of this, like, why yeah. wouldn't it be? Um, yeah. Do you know what I kind of liked about this is this this first part was very much the breaking of growing spirits in a number of different mm. ways. Uh, but it also set up largely what type of character he was, and that he does have, you know, morals. He he does have a sense of right and wrong. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, pr- uh, primarily when we were introduced to uh, uh, Miharu, uh, the woman who's riding the platform down. You know, she's the platform comes down. She's just sort of sitting in the middle of it, and he's, you know, Goring's kind of confused. He's like, "Wait, who is this?" And the old man explains that, "Oh no, she's looking for her child. That that she she's she's lost. It's somewhere in here." And he tries to sort of like reach out to her and tries to like communicate with her, and she just stays sitting there. And then the platform goes down, and when it reaches the floor below them, we actually see her like the two guys in this floor basically see a woman and get like excited and grab her mm-hmm. to try and rape her. And Goring is like yelling for help and you know yelling people come you know come help us stop this. And he's 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 actually attempted to jump down to try and help her. He's tempted to jump to save her. And we actually eventually see she doesn't need the saving. She actually crawls back to the platform and she's like murdered the two guys. Like she stabbed them with like a piece of glass. And yeah. <laughs> it's kind of this really dark moment. Uh, but so there's a bunch of different things. It sort of shows what sort of person he is. Uh, this is really testing like, you know, like how he feels about things. Uh, it also sets her up as a character, of course, as a really mysterious kind of like, because she's very silent. She doesn't speak. She doesn't speak anything in the entire movie. Uh, she's quiet the entire time. Um, but the, the the other break of the spirits here is that, you know, there's a couple of moments where he kind of does decide to eventually start eating off the platform, and even then he's not he's still not quite broken. But when he does actually kind of break and decides to uh, like, because uh, the old man wants him to read to him, you know, the, you know from his book, because he, he misses mm-hmm. his TV, and we'll talk about his story that he tells in a minute. But uh, mm-hmm. he uh, like. Once he does break, there's this montage of them essentially being best friends for the rest of the month, where they're doing exercises naked together, which was a bit weird, but whatever. Uh, they're, you know, it was like a happy like montage that you almost get in like a comedy, where like people are just bonding and like you know, uh, they're doing their morning routine, they're they're doing this together, they're whatever, right? It was just really happy go lucky song. Um, I. Yeah, I thought they were basically gonna be, you know, like the main characters for the whole movie. That which is like why it's like you know really surprising when they wake up on the next floor. Yeah, it was they wake up on the next floor? They're at like a hundred and like twenty or something like that. Yeah, and Goring wakes up and uh, the old man's like tied him to his bed. He's got him bound and gagged. He's like, yeah, there's gonna be no food on the platform, so I'm gonna basically cut strips of you off and eat you. Uh, but I'll give you some too. We we have to do this to survive. Uh, that's basically what it is. And I can't kill you because you'll just rot too quickly. So like, I need you to you know last all month. Um, and because he's he's close to getting out. Yeah, the old man's got well, one month left. I think he said. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I very interesting because I was expecting I was getting like a, the kick is a lie thing the whole time. I was like, did they actually get let out of here? Like, you know, do they? Uh, I mean, it's it's one of those things kind of hard to tell because I'm yeah. s- still not exactly sure what here is, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, part, part of me doesn't believe that anyone's actually allowed to go, that they're just like, yeah. uh, maybe they take them out of the, the, the hole, but they just shoot them as soon as they get outside so they can't tell anyone right. what this was. Yeah, uh, or, 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 you know, if it is supposed to be like one big social experiment, then they might be, you know, this might just be another aspect of it where like, oh, how do people react when you tell them that they are you know are going to be free soon or something yeah yeah 
Definitely. So. But of course, what saves them is actually uh, Miharu, who they set up, and they set up the idea that she might want to help him, you know, because Gorin wanted to help her, uh, and very nearly did. And mm-hmm. so when she comes down the platform, as the old man's you know, starting to cut into him, uh, mm-hmm. she actually saves Gorin and like, kills the old man, you know, or at least, well, she doesn't outright kill him, she stabs him once, and mm-hmm. then Gorin like, grabs his knife and stabs him repeatedly, which is, I suppose we should talk about the Samurai Plus. <laughs> at this juncture uh he tells this story about why he ended up here because for him for the old man this was a prison sentence essentially he was yeah. given the choice between this and lots of therapy but he threw his tv out the window and it, it hit someone in the head and killed them and <laughs> the reason why he did this is because he was watching tv <laughs> and an ad came on it was like a, the, the shopping channel or whatever and mm-hmm. an ad for the samurai knife came on mm-hmm. and it was this knife that once you sharpen it, would like you know cut through brick, and it'd be this really great knife. So he ordered it, and then in the next commercial break, there was another ad for basically <laughs> a better version of the same knife called the Samurai Plus, which was the same except instead of having to sharpen it, it sharpened itself when you used it on anything, <laughs> and this upset him so much that he threw his TV out the window. He he bought the Samurai Plus though. Yes, that's the one that he brought in with him. But yeah, uh, so it's a really quirky little story. Uh, it's funny though. I mean, like, how many times does that happen when, like, you know, like, like I know, like, especially for me, I feel like every time I, you know, break down and buy like some movie that I've been wanting to get for a while, like a month <laughs> later, they'll announce like, "Hey, special edition coming soon" or something, and I just like, God damn it. That that's true. That does happen uh, quite a bit. Yeah, I I've not double dipped in many though. There's a, a, only a select few that I I will willing to double dip on. Yeah, I, I have to like really like it if it's something. I mean, uh, it was a little better before when I lived near um like this this big store that you could sell stuff back at. So I'd be like, all right, well I'll sell this back, get a couple of bucks, and then get the nice one. But um, yeah, it's a little more annoying to do that, and I don't really live near anywhere. Yeah, so. Yeah, but so so this is kind of this big dark ending where he you know he lives this on his second month of his six month sentence, uh, Goring mm-hmm. lives off eating the uh, the old man <laughs> and you know and uh, and, and Maharu stays with him and they actually end up having a sex scene like you know it's just, <laughs> I, I mean it's not overly erotic you see you know bits and pieces mm-hmm. but it's it's more of a sort of like uh, kind of dreamlike scene but they they have kind of bonded and they they're eating this guy's flesh together and surviving and. <laughs> You know, uh, it oddly yeah. feels in tone with the movie, though. I don't think it ever felt like it was doing something sure. weird for the sake of being weird. Yeah. Uh, so, on the start of his third month, he wakes up, and he's up higher again. He's not in, like, a ridiculous floor. Uh, and he's got this new roommate who is a woman, who was actually the woman who worked for, like, the, the, the administration who put him here. Mm-hmm. Uh, she interviewed him, like, you know, when he was, like, getting all these questions done. And... Mm-hmm. She actually, vol- we find out later the reason why she volunteers because she's got cancer and she's dying. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she wanted to try and help because apparently, as far as she understands it, the point of this place is to prove that a spontaneous example of solidarity will evolve because of the harsh conditions. And that's yes. kind of what they're trying to prove. Um, which is, I guess, a noble goal, but this is like a really, you know, un- inhumane way of doing it. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> and, like, basically her plan is that she tries to make, like, two portions for the floor below her uh, on, on these little plates. And it's like, she says, like, okay, I'm going to try and convince them to do the same for the floor below. Uh, and she, but every day she tries to do this, and every day the two guys below basically tell her to piss off. No, we'll eat what we want. Mm-hmm. Uh, they'll be greedy, and they're not going to listen to her. And yeah, and also she her, her object that she brought was her dog, which for the record I immediately went, oh god, someone's eating that dog. That that yeah, like, I I did not like this. Yeah, I it, it, it was coming. At, it, I mean, it happened in a kind of unexpected way though, which I kind of liked. It wasn't the most obvious because sure. I really thought the dog was going to end up on the platform, and she was yeah. going to have to watch it be like grabbed at, you know, on the floor below. Um. Yeah, I mean, I say that's, like, really, like, messed up, though, because, like, if you're a dog owner and you love this dog and you know you're going into this thing where 
you might not make it out alive or mm-hmm. you know e- even if not even if you are very optimistic there's still like plenty of chances for harm to come to that dog like it could just get up in the middle of the night go to the edge and slip off you know like i, yeah. I don't know i think it's irresponsible <laughs> to bring that in yeah well you know and eventually there's this great moment where uh, goring kind of yells down to the people below because he's he's almost like sick of like this pleading going nowhere and he basically mm. says look you guys do as she says make the two portions for the people below and just eat those two portions she made for you and if you don't i'll start shitting all over the table before it gets to you um yeah. and i'll make sure that almost none of it's untouched and yeah <laughs> this convinces them and she's like you know i wanted to inspire them and convince them to do the right thing and he's like yeah they're convinced <laughs> you know <laughs> it's this idea that they have to threaten them with something to make them do the right thing and you know that that, that brings in just you know human ideas of you know the idea that we have to have law for example we have to have punishment so people yeah. won't do certain <laughs> things and and that, that that sort of idea but mm-hmm. like and I thought that was a really interesting point where it's really kind of challenging and this, this is kind of what I meant when I said that the, every time it changes essentially when it changes cellmate it introduces a new idea and even before that the, when they wake up in you know floor 120 and all of a sudden the guy that he's befriended and it felt like they were becoming kind of this weird like like brotherly love kind of thing <laughs> it turned yeah. into no the guy's going to eat him now but when <laughs> this woman's introduced when uh, imagery her name is when she's introduced she introduces the ideas of trying to make this work she introduces the idea of wanting to actually prove that we can actually help each other and make all this happen and obviously you have the contrast of like because on his first day goring to his credit did kind of say why why can't we like you know make this work but she comes in with all these noble ideas of trying to like convince them and but this point goring's like been broken down and he, he you know at this point he's 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 helped kill a man and ate human flesh like he he is so he's already way past the finish line in his third month <laughs> right yeah <laughs> um and you know once again when they wake up in the fourth month and he's still with her uh she actually commits suicide because they're on like an even lower floor like they're on like floor 170 something something like that yeah or was it 202 did they go to 202 for this one it might have been uh yeah and, and i think at some point the um i think maybe it was like the old man or something or, or maybe it was her that says oh there's uh only 200 levels yes yeah, so so yeah yeah and then they you know wake up and it's like oh shit there's more <laughs> yeah there's <laughs> more that. uh and this basically robs her of all of her hope and she commits suicide mm-hmm. and she actually essentially leaves a note saying i you know most people jump off and that's one of the things that happens i actually loved that moment earlier on in the film when he's mm-hmm. still with the old man at one point a random body just falls and like hits the edge of the hole and the blood sparters onto uh, Goring's face. Like, I loved that moment. That was a really well done moment. I think it's uh, pretty early on, too. Yeah, it is. It's really, it's just really sell how just desperate this place is. Yeah. Uh, but she actually, she hung herself instead of jumping like most people do to kill themselves because she wanted to be there for him. He, like, she, she gave him <laughs> that as an option. And, you know, so he has this delirious month of, like, you know, because we should mention as well that he kind of sees, like, uh, the old man pops up to talk to him every so often. Not not a literal ghost, of course, but just in his head. Like, he sees the old man, like, talking to him about, you know, what he should do and, you know, whatever. Yeah. Uh, and that's, that's, I mean, that stuff's, you know, fine. They, they don't overdo it, which I appreciate. Like, they, 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 they established the idea, uh, they did it a second time, and they did it again at the end. Uh, mm-hmm. Rule of threes, basically, uh, to, to put it that way. Um mm-hmm. But again, you know, we, we keep shaking things up. When he wakes up again, uh, and he has this new roommate, uh, Baharat, uh, on month five, because I was keeping track of the months here, just to like, okay, so how close is he? Like, to, you know, to mm. the end. He's, he's only got one month after this. And they're on floor six. So not only are we ch- shaking things up that way, because obviously, okay, now the food's barely been touched by the time it gets to him. Because we should mention, like, the time they have to actually eat the food is, like, two minutes, if that. Yeah. You know, they don't get a lot of time. It's just a very quick... A little spark. And, and you're not allowed to hold on to anything. Like, you can't, mm. like, grab food and store it because then otherwise they'll either raise the temperature to, like, sweat you out or lower it to freeze you. Yeah. 
uh, very quickly as well, so you just immediately, because the first time it comes, he takes an apple, and he's like, I'll, take that, I'll keep this for later. Uh, <laughs> and then immediately, it's like, no, nope, you can't do that. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. But yeah, so, so uh, Baharat has got a rope. Like, that's, that's the thing he brought with him, seemingly. <laughs> and he's yelling up to the people above, so the, the, there's actually a couple. I don't know if they came in as a couple, necessarily, but there's like a man and a woman yeah. in, the, in, the, in the floor above. And... Oh, 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 by the way, I glossed over the fact that uh, uh, Miharu, who ended up on the floor with, uh, you know, with him and the woman again, um, you know, in, on one three, <laughs> what, what the first thing that actually breaks uh, Imagery's spirit is that uh, it's Miharu who actually eats her dog, yeah, uh, in the middle of the night, and because because Miharu shows up and she's kind of injured uh, from you know the previous floor, so she comes here and like Goring's like sort of taking care of her. And then she eats the dog in the middle of the night, and it's, so that's just kind of the first big thing that really breaks her spirit that this is not possible. Uh, so, which, like, I, I thought that was like messed up though, because it's like uh, you really can't wait like one day for like you know the food to come. Like, I, I'm sure she's been through a lot, but yeah, can't you just wait at least a little bit and get like a little bit of food instead of killing the dog? But I mean, I get it. I mean, we're, we're, they're at the point where she's already. I mean, presumably she's she's ate, eaten people multiple times. Like, I get. Yeah. I get that at this point, the idea that there's a dog there is just kind of like, no, that, that that's like yeah. that's like it's a convenient meal in this place. Uh, yeah. You know, versus normal, uh, it, it tells you how desperate they are. That she didn't even think about it twice. She just did it. Um, mm-hmm. But what's interesting though is that we get some like uh, contradicting information from uh, imagery about this because she says that. No, I know who this woman is. She's she's not got a kid here. Like no one under sixteen is allowed in here. And yeah. she, you know, she she wanted to be an actress, and she's only been here for a year. And you know, that's, everything you've heard is a lie. But and I actually did think when uh, when the old man was telling them all this, like you know, you know, oh, she's looking for a kid, and like the kid's in here somewhere, and she's looking floor to floor. I, I was thinking, like, but how did how did you know this? Because she doesn't speak. <laughs> like that's know, true. Yeah. <laughs> is this just rumors that have like passed around, like floor to floor, or roommate to roommate, or or whatever? I I don't know. But I I I think the way I took it is, you know, at one point she was probably like this, you know, bright eyed, optimistic person is probably going like floor to floor asking people for help and you know trying to rely on the kindness of strangers, and then she's probably just been through much so much shit and like you know broken down, and that now she's you know probably just like this husk of a person uh but yeah it's just more like a legend or something <laughs> yeah i can see that i can see that i uh yeah so so anyway, we're, we're at bahara and he's got a rope and he's yelling at people up hey if you if you hold out the rope and he'll let me claim you know i can get out of here and you know we can get everyone else out and we, you know he's, he's very hopeful he's very he's got his high spirits and they're on floor six so again we're shaking things up again but we're giving him a completely different roommate who has a completely different idea and the guy, you know, you know, Baharat, like he he climbs up the rope. The the couple above, uh, agree to help him with the rope. And when he gets almost to their floor, he's he's, he's got his hand out, reaching to be pulled up. The woman just sort of leans her ass over, but she's she's got like her her trousers pulled down, and she shits on his face. We we see <laughs> shit hit this man's face, um, and it's worth mentioning like, a lot of the characters in this, and not Goring, but everyone else who talks about uh, Baharat. Keeps referring to him as the black man because that like mm-hmm. so even though the movie doesn't necessarily go deep into the idea of racism, it definitely seems to be something that's added into the idea of the, the social class commentary where yeah so many mm-hmm. characters just refer to him as the black guy and like you know not his name or anything else. So uh, that yeah. definitely stuck out to me. Oh sure, but uh, yeah, uh, but then this is kind of where like. Maharu, like, thinking about the lessons from the previous character and then sort of, you know, looking at the hope on Baharat's face, like, he gets this idea where, like, what if they go on the platform, ride it down, and essentially, like, police the platform and force people to not take more than what they need so that mm-hmm. the food can get to the bottom and prove that there's enough for everyone. And... Mm-hmm. They, so, they, so they sort of like dismantle their beds to to make like you know get they get like some some of the metal bars for for weapons, and they say that okay, like the first fifty floors get to eat every day, so they're getting nothing today. They can eat tomorrow, but the idea is, is that everyone below floor fifty is going to get to eat, and they're going down the platform to platform, and they're doing this, and we get, see them have to fight off some people, and 
in, in whatever. And they get to uh, this old man who, you know, this old guy in a wheelchair who uh, basically says there has to be a message. So when the platform, because this is the other thing we see earlier on, is that at the end of the day, when it's been to every floor, the platform like zooms back up. It goes back up really quickly uh, to the top. And he says, like, there has to be a message. So make sure there's one dish left, like one thing left that no one's eaten. So when it goes back to the top and they see that something was left, it'll be a message to say, hey, you know, we did this. You know, we were able to achieve this. Um, yeah. And so they, they pick one of the dishes, and I can't remember. But it, it's actually one of the few times it cuts to something else, is before this part of the movie, we see, like, uh, the, 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 the manager, whoever upstairs, like, uh, grill the, the, the kitchen staff because there's, like, a hair on it. And yeah. we see him, like, take the hair off, and it's kind of this thing. But it's this dish... This dessert dish uh, that they're going to protect no matter what, because that's the message. Like they can send this back up. That's the message. Yeah. And uh, and ultimately, you know, they have a really hard time. They get beat. They get you know stabbed at one point. You know, because mm. what I really like about this last chunk of the movie is that it really gives it like this kind of like hopeful mission. Like, okay, now they're being like like proactive instead of reactive and they're, they're, they're coming up with a plan it's, it's kind of like this is maybe the one thing that makes me feel like a horror movie to me uh, in terms of like structure is that in a lot of horror movies like you, you have characters who get getting you know killed and stalked and maimed and whatever they're like two thirds of the movie but there's a moment where the character decides to have maybe form a plan to fight back you know as we see it in Nightmare on Elm Street we see it in other things and mm-hmm. I, I kind of feel like this was that but in a more hopeful level where it felt more like no let's prove that we can be better than this and them trying to pull this off to prove that you know that it doesn't have to be this it was you know it's like potentially inspiring in a movie that was so bleak that you really wanted to believe in them because no yeah please please give them some sort of happy ending to this yeah <laughs> so i i really like that that, that concept of it um, and yeah and i think it's interesting like you know too there's like a lot of you know allegories and and stuff you can kind of make from this where you know all they want is like this peaceful message but they have to go to like extreme bouts of violence (laughs) to get it (laughs) yeah they have to fight people off in really violent ways and to the point where at least one guy gets like just brutally murdered like this guy sort of like you know dreams for dreams for the food and uh goring just whacks him in the back of the head with a metal pole and it pretty i'm I'm, you know it looks like a kill it looks like he's just killed him and it's like a little bit of a montage where like it almost seems like an action movie for a second like i feel like when they're just doing like all these quick cuts to like like all the times that they've had to like hit people uh you know in the head with these like metal pipes it's like it, it's kind of funny in like you know a very dark kind of way yeah uh there's definitely something there to that you're right about how they have to use kind of force to like bring in the peaceful future you know you can't you don't just get it for free you have to actually fight for it yeah uh, so that there's an interesting element there. So there's a lot of like human like faults and condition and 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 the the script that's kind of poking at the real world. Uh, yeah. But they get to like so basically he thinks there's 250 floors because we when he was on floor 202, he sort of counted like how many times it stopped because he could hear it uh, before mm-hmm. it came back up. But once they start getting really low in the numbers, when they get to like over 200. Uh, like this, this, this stops stopping essentially on some of the floors because if the people on the floors are dead, the platform doesn't stop, and they have this like awkward realization, like oh shit, there's more than two hundred and fifty floors because mm-hmm. all these really low floors, a lot of the people aren't alive anymore, so they just don't get stopped at, um, and they eventually mm-hmm. stop it. And this is the interesting thing is they stop it like three three three. Which I think mm-hmm. was intentional because like there's two people in every floor, which is six six six, and then you have you know the old idea of Dante's Inferno and the layers of hell. There's you know there's, mm-hmm. there's some referencing there that I think is very intentional. Yeah. Um So, but they stop in three three three, which is obviously ridiculously low. And and at this point, you're like, okay, no building on Earth has ever come close to having three hundred and thirty three floors. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, where exactly is this? What you know? What you know? It really starts to feel more science fictiony with with that number. But mm-hmm. they find the the child, this little girl who is clearly the the daughter of uh, of uh, Miharu, right? Mm-hmm. And Miharu at this point is actually dead because they they pass her by at one point. Uh, she's just sort of dead in one of the platforms, 
uh, and it's it's kind of sad and it's like oh oh dear uh and they find this girl and like she's really hungry obviously and what i think is interesting here is that the platform stopped in this floor like it knew like whoever's running this place knew she was there oh yeah <laughs> it wasn't like she's kind of this anomaly who's not supposed to exist even though the rules seem to be different because like they they actually don't get back on the platform because they, they sort of come off it to talk to her and try and like you know help her and the platform mm-hmm. goes down and they don't get back in time and they've got this this dish this dessert that they've been saving is the message and mm-hmm. like oh the girl's hungry give her some and they let her eat it but one of the things they notice is that, that this this room doesn't heat up or cool down because they've kept some food for her uh, mm-hmm. So it seems like whoever's in charge here knows that she's there because the platform did stop, but it also like didn't punish them for keeping food here for her. So like, can they just come in and get her because they know there's a child there that's not supposed to be there? You know, it raises yeah. a lot of questions as to exactly like, is this intentional? That like, do they want the child to be there for the sake of like them, like the the social experiment in terms of what they're doing? Like, is is this a very intentional plant? Um, mm-hmm. But they let the, the, the kid eat the, the dessert and they say that, okay, the kid's actually a better message. If we can send the kid back up, then mm-hmm. the kid's this hopeful message of the future. Like, okay, this kid was able to survive at, at floor 333 because we were able to like, get her some food. We were able to like go through all those floors and make sure someone at the very bottom got something to eat. Um, mm-hmm. And it's a, really, it's a really inspiring little thing. Uh, so... But unfortunately, um, uh, Baharat dies here. He bleeds out from his wound from one of the previous floors, and uh, and at this point, I mean, even even uh, Goreng's not not exactly in the best of shape. He's kind of crawling around. He's in pain. Uh, but he goes onto the platform with the girl. Um, uh, you know, when it, when it comes down the next day, and <laughs> they they go down into the bottom of wherever this is, and it's just this dark kind of infinite pit. Uh, mm-hmm. with one beam of light coming down from where the hole is and he gets off and he sees and he's ahead at least the, the ghost or whatever of the old man who says this is the end of his journey the girl's the message not you um, mm-hmm. it can't be you. you you can't live in the hopeful society that you helped that you, you've essentially done all these violent acts you've done all these things to try and prove that we can have a better tomorrow that we can have a better society but mm-hmm. you don't get to live in that and bizarrely it actually reminded me of uh a speech from Serenity, of all things. Uh, <laughs> there's a speech from uh, the villain in that movie, The Operative, uh, who says that he's trying to build a better world, but he doesn't. he's not going to get to live in it. It's not for him. He, he's someone who had to be this violent, you know, soldier for the for the Alliance uh, mm. to, to create this better world that he's trying to fight for, but he has no place in it because in order to achieve what he's doing, he had to be a, a nastier person. He had to be someone who was willing to do all these bad things. And it kind of reminded me of that, this idea that like, you don't really get to be part of this better world because you have to become this to achieve it, uh, if mm-hmm. this is indeed what it's going to do. So the movie ends in this really kind of like uh, quiet sort of bittersweet moment where he's walking off into the darkness with the old man, who obviously doesn't really exist. Mm-hmm. And we just end in this final shot of the, the girl rising up in the platform, uh, you know, really quickly. And that's the, the last shot of the movie and it cuts the credits. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been explaining how this movie ends for the last like five minutes. Uh, Tim, <laughs> say something. Yeah, that was interesting. Uh, like, I, I mean, especially once they get you know to this bottom level, and you know, you're starting to get like the you know kind of six 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 nod in the. I don't. At this point, I was kind of wondering like, all right, how much of the, of this is real? Like, could this possibly be? like some type of death afterlife thing like is he in hell uh is this last little bit like um him dying and having like you know some type of death dream um i'm not sure exactly it's uh, yeah it's hard to tell um but i mean (laughs) i think it's definitely interesting um I, i i do keep thinking though like that thing is going the platform is going up so fast i'm like well i hope like you know, there's some way to, you know, give it a nice smooth landing once it gets to the top. So it's not just like the kid crashing into the ceiling, but 
Um, yes, that's, that's a very good point. Uh, <laughs> I imagine there is like a sort of soft entrance at the top, just because otherwise all the cutlery and stuff that's on the on the that's platform true. would just go flying every time it comes up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that that's my guess. Uh, if it, I mean, if anything, it's probably unrealistic that all that stays on it as it's going up anyway. But right, yeah, you know, whatever. <laughs> uh, no, I like a lot about the ending actually, despite the fact that you know it, it goes for this sort of vague, kind of ambiguous element to it. I, I think. What I was saying there about the idea of him becoming this kind of like darker person to, to achieve this, but I also like the idea that you know to, if we are going to change things, it's going to take this much effort. It's going to take this much determination, and the whole idea of the girl at the bottom who we got to save because we went through all that effort was to sort of prove that it's worth it. You know, this innocent person gets to live and survive and gets the treatment that she deserves because we tried hard enough to give it to her. Uh, it's just, you know, yeah. it's a very hopeful. This is kind of what I was saying earlier about how the ending is actually got a very uplifting kind of, even though like Goring seems to be like like you say, kind of walking into death, you know, mm-hmm. you know, literally or otherwise. There's kind of a hopeful bent to the ending. It's like no, no, like but he gave this girl a chance, and maybe that was worth the effort. You know, that was worth the yeah. It's like you know, eventually you do have to make sacrifices for you know the future generation like Mm. you know like you can't just keep taking it i mean you know you could probably look at you know kind of having like an environmental message or something like where it's like Mm. yeah we can't just keep taking and taking and taking from the earth eventually you know um if we're gonna you know want to make it like you know uh livable for you know um our kids and our grandkids and stuff like eventually you're gonna have to make a sacrifice um so yeah, I I do I do like that it is like as dark as it gets at points. It is kind of like a strangely happy or uplifting ending. Yeah, uh, and I think it's because they they don't play it like oh he's like upset as he's dying. It's a really sad moment. Yeah, it kind of plays like he accepts what his role was, and he knows that he's he's his role is done. So it's why it's why, this is definitely a movie where because of how kind of like how it ends and how. It doesn't really build up a lot of context for the world outside. It feels more like a movie that is just kind of an allegory in and of itself, rather than a movie that's supposed to exist in a real world of any kind. Which is why I yeah. say I compare it to like an episode of the Twilight Zone, where it doesn't necessarily have to function in a real world. We don't have to necessarily take this as like, oh, it's part of the real world somewhere, and this mm-hmm. is how it works. Like, I think once you get to the point where there's like three hundred and thirty-three floors, <laughs> it's like, okay, yeah. all right. Uh, and you know, um, my uh, wife was like reading some stuff about this afterwards because usually, if like she has questions over a movie, like she wants to, like she'll like to do like a little research. Like I'm usually too lazy. I'm just like, oh, whatever. But um, I guess she was like looking at some stuff with the director who was saying um, that you know, like his kind of idea for the movie is uh, that like um, it's supposed to represent like represent like different uh, ideologies. Like obviously, mm. capitalism is you know, a pretty obvious one there. Uh, but I think he said the main character was supposed to represent like um, socialism, I, th- I think, and kind of how, um, you know, it doesn't like, uh, and I'm not saying I, I agree with this, but I, uh, I think this was what the director was trying to say about how, uh, you know, in theory it sounds good, but you know, when he tries to put it in practice, it doesn't go well. Um, and then, uh, yeah. And I think he had other examples, but um you know what I I like about these these kind of movies though is like even if that's what the uh, you know if even if the director has a very specific like meaning or take behind it I think you know there's enough <clears throat> uh, ambiguity you know in it that you know a lot of people can take different stuff away from it like uh, you know that I, I feel like there's a lot of different kind of metaphors or allegories you can kind of make or you know real life things you can kind of you know point towards us that you know you kind of get from it. Yeah, and I think, you know, even if he did have a specific idea for what the main character represents, I think it's worth mentioning that even if he thinks that that wouldn't work, he still, it still treats it like, you know, by the end of the film, like, he, he the direct, I don't think the director in any way, shape, or form is saying that we shouldn't try something, because it, right, it's, yeah. it still very much plays like, no, he was, it was worth trying, even if he's like, okay, maybe this specific ideology isn't the answer, but that doesn't necessarily mean that we we just give up and let things continue to exist the way they are. Uh, totally, yeah. Uh, so, uh, so even if you disagree with that part of the what the director had in his head with the message, at, at least 
Like I, I think the movie's actually quite open to sort of like interpretation in that sense. Totally, um, yeah. No, um, no, I dug it quite a bit. I, I think uh, it works kind of as a suspenseful, you know, horror action. I mean, action is kind of a weird word, but it does kind of get action at a couple of points towards the end. Yeah. Uh, but like a, like a horror sci-fi political commentary or social commentary, mm-hmm. I think it works really well. Uh, when you sort of read into it and think about the themes and think about what the characters represent and the, the the core ideas that it's doing, and it never betrays those ideas. It always kind of sticks to them, adds more layers to them, and its final sort of statement is very much about those ideas. But it's also just a really fun movie in the context of the premise and like the try to survive and all the rest of it. But um, yeah, I, I think it's a really solid movie <laughs> from a director who had a vision and a tight script mm-hmm. and and. You know, saw it through it to the end. I, um, it, I, like, there's definitely maybe other movies that tackle some of these things better, but I, I've had a hard time really faulting the movie that much uh, as you know, in and of itself, because I, I think it's actually a really solid movie through and through. Uh, one of the better newer movies we've seen recently, I think. Oh yeah, totally. And and I feel like you know, how many times have we seen a trailer that has like a really cool or interesting sounding concept and then you know the the execution just isn't there um yeah i feel like this is something where you know it has a very solid idea and um i I don't know if it necessarily went where i was expecting it to but i feel like it does fully deliver on you know what i was hoping for and um yeah and you know it does it while you know being interesting all the way throughout um you know it, it makes you you know care and like the characters uh, are you laughing at me? Was that noise? No, that was that was my chair uh, oh. squeaking. <laughs> I thought you were like stifling a laugh, like it, you it, idiot. It, it didn't even tell like a laugh. I was being paranoid. <clears throat> it's hard. I can't see. I don't know what you're doing. You could be making the jack off motion with your hands or something. I don't know. <laughs> I'm I'm simply <laughs> just sitting here being pretty, Tim. Deal with it. Okay. <laughs> um but no like i yeah i think it is a you know very interesting and uh entertaining uh flick um or film as some people might call it uh-huh <laughs> to tell you <laughs> no, no that's it i i, I <laughs> once he distracted me i lost my concentration of thought all right what do you mean? I had to strategy. I moved. I just moved. <laughs> All right. Anyway, uh, so I also, I mean, I think in terms of the ideologies or what characters represent, I think imagery, uh, the woman with cancer who worked for the administration and then clearly didn't know exactly what this world was that she was stepping into, despite mm-hmm. the fact that she thought she did. I think she represents kind of your your idealist who's up in the ivory tower who likes to talk about a lot of things but doesn't actually understand how anything works uh oh sure yeah like that kind of feels like a lot of people that are you know in positions of power like you you know you always see like some politician or like rich person will say like oh why don't people simply do this and then they but they have no idea what you know it's actually like to live that yeah what's rent these days like ten (laughs) dollars yeah like uh what what did uh oh what's that you know that famous thing whatever where they had like some politician was talking about like oh like how much does a banana cost like ten dollars or something like that like I'm pretty sure you're thinking of the Arrested <laughs> Development joke. I mean, unless that was based on a real thing, but yeah. I, I, I thought it was, but yeah, it could be wrong. Maybe it is just Arrested Development. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I, I don't know. But anyway, uh, so, so, I mean, that's the movie. I, I think it's really solid and really dependable. It's one of the better things, you know, Netflix acquired movies, uh, certainly. Uh, sure. they, I, I don't think they made it. I think they no. just acquired it, but... Yeah. It's, you know, it's a Netflix movie for all intents and purposes now. Uh, and one of the better things they've got on there so uh, i would highly recommend checking it out if you haven't especially i mean if you have listened to us talk about it full spoilers then you know that's on you but (laughs) still give it a try because uh it was uh it was good it kept my attention the whole time and it is very tight you know it's like 95 minutes it's not a long movie uh, by any means and uh, you know it fulfills everything it kind of sets out to do i think uh and I, I, I think importantly as well, the character's likable. He gets to a dark place, but he never he's never stopped empathizing with him, I don't think. Um, right. So, no. Uh, very good. So, uh, what are you going to give the movie, uh, Timmy? Uh, 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 a 10? 
Uh, I think I'm going to give it a 7.5 uh, for now. Um, I don't know. It, it might be one if I think about it more. Uh, I, I did like it. I could possibly go up, but um, I, I think for at least now I'm going to stick with 7.5. Yeah, I think I'm, I'm going to go a little bit higher than that. I, I think I'm going to go with the 8.5. I think uh, I was impressed. I, I, you know, it kept my attention the entire time. I thought it was engaging. I thought the characters were interesting. Uh, it's definitely a movie that's an allegory uh, the entire time. It's very in-your-face with that, but um, I thought it always worked in that context, and it always kept changing things up. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, yeah, I, I have little to complain about, so I, I find it hard to go any lower than that. Um, mm-hmm. And it's even one that maybe could rise in time. Uh, hashtag better than Snowpiercer. That's it. So, uh, uh-huh. Are you a Snowpiercer fan? I can't remember. Uh, I I only saw it once, but I remember liking it the one time I saw it. It's okay. Like, there's, there's some good moments. There. It takes itself way too mm. seriously, though. I think I thought, um, which yeah. this kinda does too. But there's, there's still some moments of humor in this, bizarrely. Uh, so <laughs> I don't know. That's one more fair for me. <laughs> anyway, uh, I guess it's because in Snowpiercer, someone breaks down and admits they a baby once. Uh, this movie. <laughs> actually shows me people eating people <laughs> and it's like okay right <laughs> i buy it i buy their state of mind right now anyway yeah. <laughs> so there you go that is the platform uh is very good so you should check it out uh we give it a seal of approval um and this will count as a 2020 movie uh if i would it oh no it was out in spain in 2019 well you know what now we'll still count it as 2020 for for, this, <laughs> for, for our purposes of you know because it became available to to most of the planet in 2020. Uh, yeah. we, we'll count it when we get to our, our best of at the mm. end of the year. I say end we're of the year. It'll be like March next year, but whatever. I mean, we're going to need as much as we can if, like, no other movies <laughs> get released this year. This is true. This is very true. Uh, and I'd rather sort of, like, vouch for a movie like this than put on something that's only mediocre to fill out the 10 just to, you know... You know, I, got, I guess technically the grudge has to be on there because. Oh, don't you know. Oh, no. <laughs> if if we don't get ten better movies this year than the grudge, then we're in a really bad place. <laughs> We'd be on like a level two forty eight. Oh yeah! Imagine this was. Oh, we could do like a a parody of this time where instead <laughs> of food, it's like a platform. It's like a, just a a set of Blu-rays and <laughs> like. You know, each floor gets to take one Blu-ray each, and then by the time it gets down to us, it's like, oh, look, it's, yeah, The Grudge 2020, it's uh, Twilight or something. Like, you know, those, just, just the, the absolute garbage that are left. Uh, Maybe we'll do, like, a live stream at, like, some point, we'll just, like, have a big list, and then we, we can hand them out to Patreons or patrons <laughs> or something, depending on uh, their level. That's pretty funny, actually. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny. Yeah, yeah, the highest patrons get get all of the best picks, and it uh, <laughs> goes down to the bottom. Uh, that's pretty funny. Uh, anyway, so that is uh, that is us. That is Screws After Midnight. Talk about the platform. Uh, let us know what you think of the movie in the comments below. Like and subscribe, all that stuff. Get us on the twitters at mail underscore fuzz for channel updates. If or actually more specifically at Screams Midnight for the Screams After Midnight uh, specific Twitter. Uh, sometimes it's me commenting on that. Sometimes it's Tim that's posting from there, and you get some wacky stuff. Uh, we mentioned Patreon earlier, of course. Uh, Mailfuzz, uh, sorry, patreon.com slash TV. Uh, so go and have a look at that. Uh, you can, of course, rate the podcast and give us like five stars and a review on Apple Podcasts. That helps out a lot as well, as does liking, subscribing, all the usual stuff on YouTube. All these things do help and keep the content coming and help us find more people and so on and so on and so on. So that is us. So thank you once again for watching or listening. We always appreciate it. Keep watching scary movies, guys, and we will see you next time.